Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Got it back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Talking the Knicks, big game two win in round two over the Miami Heat. Cannot wait. Is it Saturday yet at three? I told you, I got to get my brother-in-law on and figure out what's going on. I I, I mean, get me to tip off. Uh, I was trying to convince my wife to actually go earlier. I was like, oh, you sure you don't want to leave a little early? She's like, why do you want to go early all of a sudden? Because I was like, well, the earlier we go, the earlier we could leave, right? Any chance we get home by three? Let's go to the early party. Maybe they with all the kids, go play for a little bit, you know, in the playground, leave around, I don't know, 1, one thirty. That would be perfect. Anyway, uh, how about Aaron Rodgers? I didn't really talk about it yesterday because we are doing a lot of the Rangers stuff, but Rodgers showing up Saturday night, game six at the Garden. And when they showed him, and we'll get back to your next calls here in a second, 877-337-6666, when they showed Rodgers, you know how they showed the celebrities and it's always, you know, like these actors, let's say. They put on the screen a scene from whatever show they're on. And it's two of, you know, two people. One of the actors who's in the building and somebody else. And you never know which one it's going to be. Well, with Rogers, they put it up on the screen. It was Joe Douglas. I think it was Robert Sala and Rogers. And immediately there was the buzz like, wait, is Rogers here? And then it was like, eh, it might be Joe Douglas. Then they showed just a shot of Rogers warming up. Then everybody knew it. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Then everybody knew it was going to be, and then boom, they show them the place erupted. This was Saturday night for the Ranger game. And then again, Sunday, same thing. They should, now, I knew it was coming because I saw it the night before, but again, eruption for Aaron Rodgers who is taking the line that he was again at the game last night. Or, yeah, because now officially Wednesday morning, he was at game two again. He was sitting there with Sauce Gardner. I can't get it up of Aaron Rodgers. I love him. I loved him before. I love him even more now. He gets it. And getting a little taste of what New York is like in the postseason. Oh, man. Well, well, what did he say? Oh, because he was on McAfee today, right, Fleegs? I did not hear this. Yeah, that's when he announced that he was going to be going to the game with Sauce. So we knew it was happening okay. tonight. 
but he talked about how, like, with New York fans, they expect you to win when he compared Garrett Wilson to Devontae Adams. The guy, he gets it, and he's motivated. Yes, I love it. He does get it. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yes. I can't wait. I'm telling you, I haven't bought a football jersey. Oh, wait, I'm lying. I did buy one. I don't wear them anymore, but I bought Matt Ryan stuff and I went on discount. When you Falcons buying Bijan Robinson number seven? No, no chance. That's a whole nother story. By the way, I don't like, I, I, I don't dislike the player. I just hate the pick. But I don't like the fact that the Falcons are given number seven. I didn't even know that Youngway Koo had it. But hey, come on, how are you giving number seven to a high profile player like this when it was anyway, clearly. You want Rodgers in black, white, or green? Uh, I think white. I might get a white and green. That's the correct answer. The white one is the only one that works. Now. Yeah, I love the white jersey. The white Jets jersey is, that's clean. I don't know if I could do the jersey. I might just do like a hoodie or something. Maybe I'll get Roger's name on the back of that. The jersey? Yeah. Well, I usually don't do the jerseys, but I'll get a Jets hoodie and then have like Rogers and number eight put on the back. I don't know if I could do. Maybe I'll just do the white jersey. I don't know. But I've got Rogers fever. I love him. I'm all in. And did you hear the rumor uh, about the possible opening week? one? Yeah, now was that like legit Baldinger was tweeting that out, right? It was Bald. I think he said it on like an Odyssey podcast. Okay, so I saw a tweet that referenced Baldinger and something about a podcast that he's hearing, and the schedule comes out next week, next Thursday, he's hearing that week one Monday Night Football could be Jets-Giants, which I don't know if I like that. Do you like that, Fleeks? No, I'd much rather have that later in the season. It doesn't need... That's special enough for us as New Yorkers. We don't need it to right. be a primetime game. Right. Plus, it's not like, I mean, I get it. It's special, but it's more of like an anomaly than a rival. Rosie, There's a reason for it, though. Well, which is? It's on 9-11. Oh. So, I think it's on 9-11. It's Jets, Giants. It's Rodgers. It's two teams that, that have a realistic shot of winning. Well, now I understand. Now that makes sense. Because I was going to say, like, there are so many more appealing matchups than Jets Giants. Like it just doesn't do it's not Mets Yankees, not Rangers Islanders. It just doesn't do it for me, Jets Giants. They're not a real rivalry. But nine eleven, right, because last year was on a Sunday. Now right. it gets moved to a Monday. And honestly with the fact that how good of off how good the Giants were last year and how and how good of an offseason the Jets have had, there's now some juice here. And we only play each other once every what four years. So yeah, there's some juice. I, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Giants making a postseason. Now the Jets have Rodgers. I usually prefer when it's after baseball season. Because remember, that Monday night, we might still have Mets and Yankees baseball to watch in a pennant race. But if in 9-11, the anniversary, yeah, it makes sense. But but I'm with you. If you take the anniversary out of it for 9-11, I'd rather that game, I don't want to, week one, you don't need to do it. Everybody's excited about week one anyway. You don't Give that to me the weekend before Thanksgiving. Right. Well, you might get Thanksgiving, period. Jets, Cowboys, Thanksgiving. I would be shocked if we don't get that. I right. just mean in general. Give me Jets, right, Giants right. in November or December. I'm fine with that. Yeah, right. That's what you're saying. All right, 877-337-6666. Back to the calls. John is calling from Port Jeff Station. What's up, John? Hey, Sal. I just got to say thank you very much for being uh, on at night. I do the overnight at my job. Uh, I'm getting uh, to get used to you to calling in on a regular basis, so I'll be one of the regular guys calling in. Well, I appreciate it, John. I appreciate you listening and taking the time to call. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, you're very, very, uh, very good for me to uh, sit here and listen to about all the New York sports and things. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I see that everybody's in euphoric, you know, atmosphere with the Knicks tonight. I get it. We're one-on-one, but you got to realize something. You know, and, and you've seen it. You know, one of the key plays is out. Uh, yes, the Knicks did have to win tonight. 
Uh, Miami is playing with house money. They, yeah, they played a hard game. What would have happened with Jimmy Butler out if they won the game? Okay, so you look at that aspect. Well, the Knicks would have been dead. Yeah, because, you know. If Miami won this game without Butler and went up 2-0 going back home, I think the Knicks would have been dead. This would have been a different tone today. Yeah, we would have. I don't think we could have came back from that because, you know, the Knicks have their star players playing. Uh, But aside from that, I I was very uh, impressed. I'm I'm impressed, like, as you said, with Josh Hart. Unbelievable. Um, The fact that they have the uh, backup center, Isaiah Hartenstein, taking over for Mitch Robinson, this guy is phenomenal on the boards. Uh, Sometimes I kind of wonder if he's going to get in foul trouble, but he knocks everything down. If he can't grab it, he's swatting at it. He's getting it to every other player so we can get a second chance. How do you feel about him as the backup with Mitchell? I think he's been great. I mean, Hardenstein, especially in game two, he had his presence felt. He was impactful. It may not You may not see it in the box score or the stat sheet, but you watch the game. Hardenstein had his presence felt. He was very, very impactful doing little things that help teams win, keeping possessions alive, getting teammates involved, doing the dirty work. Hartenstein was great for the Knicks tonight. Yeah, he, he's just he's pushing it, he's pushing it. Mitchell Robinson needs the rest. You can see with his running up and down the court, I think he's for his knees and there's just some nagging injuries, but he's still playing hard. Uh, it was awesome. He was just swatting and getting the ball. The Knicks were getting their second chances. But uh, on that note, if they continuously play hard and he's in there with Josh Hart and the other guys that are coming off the bench, they have a really good chance. And you want to know something? The Rangers are the Rangers. We thought they were going further. That was a big loss for us to take. If the Knicks get past Miami, it's gravy. I'm, I'm happy because I was happy they got by Cleveland. I'm going to leave you with that, though, and I'll, I'll tell you. From there, it's house money for us. So oh, agreed. It's, it's kind of house money now, John, and thank you for the call. It's kind of house money now. The Knicks had to win that first-round series. But because it's Miami... Like, if this were Milwaukee, nobody would be thinking the Knicks could win this series. It would have been like, oh, let's hope for it. But, you know, you, you don't expect realistically that they're going to beat Milwaukee. But because it's Miami, and two reasons. Number one, they're the eight seed. Number two, it's Miami, and we hate Miami. I mean, I would argue I grew up hating the Heat more than the Bulls. Bulls, Heat, Pacers. Now, by the way, I forgot to mention Rick Smith before is another guy that Ewing used to go up against. Maybe not the level of Olajuwon uh, or Alonzo, but, I mean, he was a pain in the rear end. Anyway, I hate those three teams. And Miami and the Knicks had a, I don't know if I would say a, a better rivalry, but because it was more balanced and one that the Knicks got the better of quite a few times. Where with the Bulls, it was always one-sided. Outside of 93-94, no Jordan. Anytime Jordan was there, it was always the Bulls. Miami was an even battle. These teams were mirror images of each other when Raleigh left. Like, there's legit hatred there. I hate this team. So that adds to this series as far as wanting to beat the opponent in addition to wanting to move on. But if the Knicks ever got through this series on to the next round, I feel like, to me, it would be the equivalent of this year's championship. Like, obviously, it's not a real NBA title and win it. But this year's team getting 
to an Eastern Conference final and beating Miami along the way, oh my goodness. That would be a dream for me. Philip is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Philip? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, if the Knicks don't hit their threes, they're not winning this series. Jo- uh, 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 Josh Hart hits a big threes down the stretch when they needed it. Um, quickly, right now is invisible. Hmm. Grimes doing nothing and, 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 and topping. Those three guys are important because Miami's bench, they're playing well. Yeah, I mean, so, my, my, yeah. Miami's been fine. I, I'm not worried about what Miami is going to do on their bench or whatever. Look, we know Miami's game. They they need to get Jimmy Butler back, obviously, a star player. But Miami's all about the ball movement and knocking down the threes. If they don't hit the threes, they're not going to win. It's as simple as that. But they've been right. effective. Hopefully, yeah, go ahead. The Knicks are the same way. Look what happened in game one. No, but the Knicks are not. The Knicks are, game one. But the Knicks are not reliant on the three the way Miami is. The Knicks, however, do need to hit some threes. That's the problem. They're packing, in, it, in, they're packing it in. in they're ga- packing it in. Mine is packing it in. In game, in game one, the Knicks did not hit threes. OB top it. None of them. Uh, they they did not hit threes. Jalen Brunson right. was awful. Randall's one of their best three-point like shooters. Five for 34, seven for 34, something like that. Right. So, they, so obviously in game two, a different story where they hit 16 threes and shot 40%. The Knicks aren't a aren't a team that is going to shoot the lights out from three the way Miami could, but they need to make some open looks. They did none of that in game one, and they did enough in game two, whether it's Josh Hart, whether it's R.J. Barrett early, whether it is Randall, whether it is Jalen Brunson, they did enough of that. It, it would be nice, ultimately, and I think the Knicks are going to need this to get to other levels in the postseason. They need quickly and Grimes to start contributing from downtown. Definitely, because nobody really plays in the post. So everything comes off the pick and roll, and 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 if somebody can get in the lane for a floater, otherwise, well, right. it's, otherwise it's threes. Right, but which they're is not running fast breaks, which is frustrating because you you've seen where they're trying to get in the lane for a floater, where you know they're sloppy, they're turning the ball over, they're offensive fouls. Whether it's Barrett, whether it's quickly, and they got to clean that up a little bit. Randall, same thing. The Knicks don't have a good offense. I mean, it's plain and simple. They don't have a good offense. Jalen Brunson basically is their offense, and now with with um, Julius Randall back, Randall can be a part of their offense as well. RJ has been scoring a ton of points and contributing. Can he keep it up? We'll find out, but it's not like the Knicks are. A he didn't co- play the fourth quarter, did he? Really? They're not a. <laughs> the, the Knicks are not a cohesive. Uh, unit offensively, Philip. I mean, you can tell watching them. They just, it's Brunson. To me, it's Brunson or bust. And without Brunson, it's got to be Randall. And Randall was that guy early in this game. Brunson was the one who closed it out. And RJ obviously was there early as well. So if they could get those, that scoring, and thank you for the call, Philip. If they could get that scoring from those three guys, and you had Randall and Barrett playing, you know, nearly 40 minutes, uh, Jalen Brunson, same thing. Those are their, I mean, those are their guys. But it's not like they have – it doesn't seem like they have an offensive game plan. There's not great ball movement. When you look at Miami, it is clear. They move the ball on the perimeter, quick, efficient passes, shoot the three. That's what they do. The Knicks bring it up, and you're right. They try to attack the paint. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. They don't get to the line enough for my liking. And they do find some good-look threes, but – 
They're not a very good three-point shooting team. That's going to be the difference in the series. Can they knock down those threes? Josh is calling from Passaic. What's up, Josh? Good, Sal. How about you? How are you, man? Good. So with the Knicks, I mean, you got to feel a little more confident now that you saw Butler is not playing. But does it worry you a little bit about the, when the Knicks do get to the charity strike that they're not always hitting the free throw, especially Mitchell Robinson? It doesn't worry me. It angers me. Mitchell Robinson is understandable because, you know, a lot of big guys, Josh, as you may or may not know, but a lot of big guys have, them. Yeah, well, they have, they have trouble shooting free throws. So I could understand it or accept it from Mitchell Robinson. I cannot from R.J. Barrett. If R.J. Barrett isn't hitting his free throws, like you should, R.J. Barrett should never miss two in a row from the free throw line. Especially when his main thing is also correct. Driving. Yeah, correct. R.J. Barrett, he's a guy whose strength is getting to the rim. His weakness is everything else, especially knocking down free throws. Like, dude, enough. Now, he was okay um, from down to, from the free throw line last night at three for five, but he missed those two free throws. It's annoying. Four of five, okay. He should not be three of five. Those points in big spots will hurt them. And Barrett was huge, though, from downtown last night, so I can't get on him. But I do worry about him consistently. Nick's got to be better from the free throw line. He, 70 you know, 70%, you got to be a little bit better than that as a team, I would think. I do, like, I do like that they got there, though, 30 times. That, to me, is a number where I'd be comfortable with, getting to the free throw line a lot more, uh, a lot more often. That was not the case. Uh, that has not been the case every game for them. And with the Mets, you've got to start feeling a little better now, right? After, like, that Friday night game of, like, losing a five innings, I mean, you, lost, you lose 9-8 game one, you take game two, and you're getting Verlander and Scherzer back. Got to feel much better than you felt a week ago after losing two to the Nationals. I think, Josh, and thank you for the call, I think the Mets are about to embark on a restart to their season. Now, they got postponed again last night by rain. They will play a doubleheader today, a split doubleheader, 140 and 640. And I believe it's going to be Lucchese in game one. I have not checked this out. Today, it is Lucchese in game one and Max Scherzer in game two. And then you'll have Justin Verlander on the mound tomorrow. So you're finally going to have, remember, the Mets were built with Verlander and Scherzer. Or Scherzer and Verlander. They have not had that at all this year. We're already in May now. So this is going to be the first time. It's kind of like a restart to a season that has already started for this team. They kept their head above the water for the first month of the season. And now it's time to start getting down to it. And with Scherzer and Verlander, that's how this team is built. We're going to finally get to see them back-to-back in the rotation. Later on today and then tomorrow. And we'll see how it looks. It's going to, I mean, you would think that it's finally going to stabilize that starting rotation. Nick is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Nick? Yo, what's going on? What's up, Nick? How are you? You remember me? Come on, ready? Pop band tough. Yeah, I have a hard time getting into that now, Nick, because of, you know, the Rangers got eliminated. I know, but I just remind you, I just remind you, remember we had that guy, you remember you said I was the only person that ever did that to you on live. Yeah, so, I liked it. Right, usually I'm the one that's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate so, um, it. Yeah. So you're my boy, Sal. Number one to me. So um well, you know, thank I you, look Nick. forward to 
listening to. I'm actually out in California right now, uh, about uh, going on a fishing trip. Oh, nice! Uh, but uh, when are you going yeah, on the trip? Tomorrow or? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say I don't know about nighttime trip. fishing. I'm not a big fisherman, but uh, you know, I don't know if you do no, night fishing. Okay. I'm going. I'm going short fishing, and then I'm going uh, down to Florida uh, on the 12th to uh, go like mahi down off of uh, uh, West Palm Beach. Oh, okay. All right, there you go. Well, look at you. Yeah, I'm jealous. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I gave some. Uh, I did. I had a lot of overtime uh, with COVID. I'm a great digger, so. Oh I had wow. A lot of, uh, yeah. So I had a. What's that you know, like? I had a lot of. Uh, dude, it's kind of it's kind of crazy, man. Like, like okay, like for instance, like um, I like I had to like dig like four graves uh, the other night, right? Mm. And um, it poured. Okay. Oh and man, you're doing it in the rain? I no, but I did it in the daytime, and then I got woken up at four o'clock in the morning, and I went in, and then there was four feet of water in the hole. So then I had to at four o'clock in the morning and it's pitch black with there's no light. Go to get a the cemetery. Water out. Yeah, Ooh. and then get the water out, then get a dump truck, put new um, stuff down. And then cover it because I can't put a casket in four feet of water. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Oh, dude, that yeah. is. Man, so I have so many questions about this. Do you do most of the digging during the day or at night? Yeah, in the day. Okay. And then do you do it with a shovel or you got like some kind of truck? Well, that... I'm a machine operator. Okay, right. So you're not doing it by hand. You know, like sometimes we'll see in the movie, like, I hey, dig yourself that grave. I drive, and, yeah, and I have a, I, I have a 300 uh, acre cemetery. And, oh, so you own the cemetery? No, I'm I'm actually the foreman. Wow! And this is where I've been doing this since I've been sixteen. Um, this is in uh, Montclair. Yeah, is it? I mean, and and you have to put the caskets in there. Yeah, I lower the casket. So what happens is we take the casket, uh, we take it out head first, right? Uh, the head goes down first. Uh, we put, we put the uh, the things down. We have um, ropes, right? And uh, some people like to see, some people don't. Um, what we do is then there's two green um, straps that we lay it down on. So they, uh, they, they lay flat, I, right? Not straight up. like yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, no, they lay flat. The guys pull the green straps and we start lowering it. And then um, uh, me and the other guy hold uh, as hard as we can. Uh, the casket. Um, did you together? Uh, uh, did you? Down, I've, I've never. I've never. I've never talked to a grave digger before. I got two more questions. Do you? Are you into um, monster trucks? Uh, n- no, but okay. I do have a lifted truck. Okay, well, like monster truck. I, I was asking because uh, you know, there's a truck that that was famously named Grave Digger. The other thing is, are you into wrestling? Um, I was a wrestler. Oh, you were a wrestler too? Yes, I actually was uh, a wrestler. Uh, actually, actually, I was. Uh, I did uh, Muay Thai. Um, mm. I, did, I was. I'm we're learning Bronx, a lot about you. So, uh, so I was fa- in the Bronx. So, are, are you familiar with from, the? Uh, the you familiar with the Undertaker? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, well, hell yeah. Right, hell yeah. Well, I was gonna say because that's what I think of when I think of Grave Digger. Yeah, dude, that's what I grew up on. Yeah, right. All right. You did know, you want? Dude, did you want to talk about the Bronx, Knicks? You know? Yeah, and you know what? And I think I have a little. Um, hey, do me I a think favor. I have a little. Do me a I favor. I have a little. Um, but 
when you're in Miami or go down to Florida, can you dig the heat a grave? Yeah. All right. Deal. I sure can. Because I'm going to move down there and, and, and be a great digger down there. I like it, Nick. And yeah. thank you for the call, Nick. I appreciate you checking in. I'm not sure if we're going to get to a Nick's point at some point, but we've uh, we allotted a lot of the time to, to your grave digging. You get back to us. Enjoy that fishing trip. But when you're in Florida or Miami specifically, go dig the heat of grave. I, wow, I've never I've never spoken to a grave digger before. Not that I really want to know a lot more about that, but you know it's morbid. Remember the monster truck grave digger? Grave digger, come see him at the Coliseum, May 18 through the 22nd. Or of course the Undertaker. Rest in peace as he's digging the graves. That's what I think of. Like nowadays, I guess you just you know, get that truck going, boom, dig a four foot grave, whatever it is, six feet under, and away we go. Hmm. You never know where the show's going to take you. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. World Series over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. It's their 27th World Championship. The most of any team in any sport in the history of professional sports. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Sal got it back on the fan, 877-337-6666. couple of things just to recap a little bit. Obviously, we're talking about the Knicks' big win over the Heat in Game 2. Uh, you know, I mentioned Julius Randle, him coming back in a, a day and age where we always critique these athletes and say that they're not tough enough and these maintenance days and rest days and all that stuff. Randall deserves credit for going out there and playing, I'm sure, through some pain with that sprained ankle. He couldn't go in Game 1. The Knicks desperately needed him in Game 2. I knew Brunson would be there, even though Brunson was listed as questionable. We knew he was going to play. Wasn't sure about Randall or Jimmy Butler. Turns out Butler could not go. Randall does go, and he was impactful. He deserves a ton of credit for that, going out there, playing through an injury. That is some toughness, and playing through it effectively. The other thing, not that we need to get into this whole thing again, but it did bother me a little bit that Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony at the game, fine. You're going to get an ovation. He got the Patrick Ewing treatment, and that to me is disrespectful to Patrick Ewing. Um, Now, again, what what relevance does that have with this? Nothing as far as the actual result of this series. 
But it's just, uh, come on, it's nauseating with the young fans treating Carmelo Anthony as if he's some Knicks legend. He is not a Knicks legend. Former Nick, yes. Knicks legend, no. 877-337-6666. Mark is in California. What's up, Mark? What's going on? How are you, Uh, Mark? ah, You know, Knicks legend pisses me off, man. Are you serious, bro? Stop it, man. Oh, my gosh. This is the first playoff that he's actually really... First game, really, that he really showed up. You know what I mean? Of like the times that he played because in Atlanta series last year, he was just awful. Well, who are we talking you about know? now? You talking about Julius Randle? How about Julius Randle? Right. Yeah, well, I was saying Melo. They referred to Melo as a Knicks legend. That's why I was. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. so I don't even consider Melo a Knicks legend either. That's <laughs> right. Let, let's go. Let's go down that road. I mean, Melo never really showed up for the Knicks in the playoffs. Right. Never. Well, I mean, he I mean, just he, he just didn't do. Look, Melo was fine. He's a good individual player, but he was never right. a great Nick. That's the only issue. Right. The, one he was a player one, the Knicks needed. You know what I mean? They needed a scorer. They went out and got Melo. Okay, it blossomed. He averaged twenty, whatever. But Nick Legend, no way. So now you're down on Randall, though, Mark. I mean, I'm not down on Randall. I've been down on him for a little bit. I mean, the thing is, is like, there's a reason LA got rid of him, though, right? Because of the size that they were already like using with that lineup they were building. The thing about Randall is, is like, listen, everyone's on Twitter saying like, oh my God, like you beat Miami without uh, Butler. Listen, Milwaukee did it three times. They beat him two out of three times without Giannis, bro. I take the win. Is Butler going to play in game three? Yes, because they have like, I think three days off. So he's going to get healthy. But a healthy Randall in this series is the difference maker for the Knicks. Yeah. The difference maker. They. Like, it's funny like, though. Because, no one can stop it. It's funny because fans were saying maybe the Knicks are better off without Randall. There's this contingent of Knicks fans who have an issue with Julius Randall, and I get it. He could be frustrating Did at you times. Watch Toppin today, he looked terrible. Yeah, well, you I don't. I, I don't love Obi Toppin myself. So you're talking to the wrong I guy. I'm not going to defend Toppin. Toppin is a forward. He needs to stop shooting the three. He's not a good shooter, and he thinks right. he's Steph Curry. I mean, literally, Obi right. Toppin, if you watch and him. he posts up, and, like, when he shoots, if you watch how he shoots, it's literally like the ball doesn't even hit the rim. Yeah, you don't, <laughs> right. That's exactly right. When they miss, it's embarrassing. He's out there, it's like, fading away right. like he's Steph Curry. Dude, you're horrible. Stop. And I right. like Obi Toppin. I want to like him. Stick to your strengths. Three-point shooting well, is not one does of them. that, too. You watch Vince in Miami. He just pulls up from, like, half court, like, every shot. Yeah, but it seems like he can knock him down. Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin's strength is transition. He is an explosive finisher in transition. Unfortunately, see, if Toppin was the player that they thought he was going to be, Mark, and thank you for the call, if Toppin was the player that they thought he was going to be out of college, which was he was an effective three-point shooter in college, that's the player that they could use. A guy like, let's say, Kevin Love in his prime. A big who can stretch the floor. That's ideally what Obi Toppin should be. The problem is he's not a good shooter. He thinks he is. He's knocked down a couple of threes. He is a horrible shooter. You can't miss that badly if you're a good shooter. Like You could miss some shots. You can't miss as badly as he does. It makes me think that he closes his eyes and gets lucky when the ones go down. Similar with R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett's a bricklayer. He is a bricklayer. He's got no touch. There is no softness to his shot at all. Bricklayer. But he he was knocking him down in game two. The Knicks need that. 
Do I trust that he'll do that moving forward? Absolutely not. If he does, that's how the Knicks can get to another level. Because if he's shooting threes at a five for nine clip or something close to that, he will be an all-star. But Barrett's is not a good shooter. He's not good at shooting free throws. He's not good at shooting, period. He still managed to score 24 points. He still managed to be one of their better players in the postseason, which has been great for him. And I like his work ethic and his mentality and all that stuff, but he's just too inconsistent. If he keeps it going, maybe I'll change my mind. And obviously the results are going to change for the Knicks. But the Knicks need Julius Randle. It's Jalen Brunson, first and foremost, 1 and 1A, and then Randle is their second option. A legit second option to score and shoot. And obviously do other things. 12 rebounds as well. But Randall can knock down the three. Unlike Obi Toppin, I have confidence in Julius Randall shooting the basketball. He's not going to make all of them, but he's a better three-point shooter than Obi. Eddie is calling from Rockland. What's up, Eddie? Hey, Sal. What's going on, man? How are you, Eddie? You know, I was listening to some old Mike Francesa, man. I, I heard him chiming in with you and talk. What years did you work with him? Uh, good question. I want to say 2006 or seven through 2010. Did you overlap with Melusis and Carlin? I was there after that. So I'm trying to think of how it worked. It went Moose, I think, moved up to do on air stuff. Then Scazzeri moved from the Mike and the Mad Dog show to. Boomer and Carton replacing Imus. And then I believe I moved in for Scoes on the board, and Eddie Erickson was the producer for Mike and Chris. I, I, if memory serves correct, I believe that's what happened. So this was 2000. It was either the end of 2006 or 2007, but it was months before Dog left. Oh, yeah, because I, I didn't hear you much, but I wanted to ask, did you ever go to the draft? Mike used to come out and, and shake everybody's hand down the line and uh, ask you who you have, who you got, and everything like that. Did you ever go to the the Paramount when when they, they had the draft there? I the went NFL? to Radio City with Mike one year. Uh, Mike, oh. it, was, it was Mike and Chris, I think, one year. Matter of fact, it was the year the Falcons drafted Matt Ryan. So that was it, 2008, I want to say. When did Dog leave? I don't remember. Was that 2009? Hmm. Maybe he left later oh, that I, year. I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I was at that 2008 draft with Mike and Chris doing a show from there. I don't know. I don't remember Mike shaking everybody's hand. Yeah, I, I only spent like five, like five years in a row I went. Because when it was free, and you just got in. You at, Radio, at Radio City? No, at, at, at the Paramount at, at MSG. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't remember that. Those were just before my yeah. time. So how, what do you give the Jets as a grade as the draft and the um, Giants? I, I think everybody was knocking the Jets. Look, I mean, I'm not a scout, Eddie, so it's hard for me to say what I would grade. I think the Jets were fine. I think the Giants were very good. If the Giants had players that they targeted and moved up to get, how could you not like it? But, uh, I, I mean, it's way too early to tell. I think it's ridiculous that the Jets would get a C on the draft, and you know the Giants are getting uh, applauded every which way you look at it. So I think both drafts were fine. I have no issue with it, and I really don't think, as I said the other day, the most overrated event in sports to me is the NFL draft. I know how impactful it is and how important it is, but it's ridiculous how people are going to grade these drafts now when really, how could you say that any pick is a bad pick? But in reality, we know that 
you know, the majority of these picks are going to turn out to be bad picks. Right. Well, you go by hope. That's all it is, is hope. Right. I was just surprised the Jets took a running back, wondering if there's something wrong with uh, they don't like with uh, the injured kid and uh, the Carter kid, and they're looking to replace somebody. I was just surprised they went. That was the only thing I was surprised with. You know, going uh, defense, if this kid can get to the quarterback, that uh, McDonald. That's fine, but uh, hopefully the Jets can get to the Super Bowl and Roger stays there for like four or five years. But let's get on Thursday. Are you going to be at the flag football game, uh, Sal? I might swing by there. Uh, I am not, and I'm not sure. Uh, and thank you for the call, Eddie. Appreciate you checking in. Oh, we're Nick's night. Eddie wants to talk NFL draft, for goodness sake. And you want to talk about Rodgers being at the games? I'm all for that. Come on, this is a Nick's night. Can't get caught up in the NFL draft where every pick, oh, this guy's great. Oh, look at the arm talent on this guy. Look at the speed, escapability. Oh, this is a great pick. What a steal this is at number eight for this team. And then we watch them, and they're busts. So I'm sorry. I'm not going to get overly hyped, especially if the Jets and Giants aren't picking in the top of the draft. Yeah, if this kid that they drafted could get to the quarterback, it's going to be a great pick. If not, it's going to be Vernon Golston or Darren Lee. I'm done with overreacting one way or another to draft picks. Unless it's a quarterback and there's a, and even then, you know, the idea of taking a running back with Saquon Barkley when the Giants did that, it's a different story. Or Daniel Jones, a little different. Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold. But again, even then, it's still, you don't know. Oh, love this pick, Sam Darnold. They traded up to get him, blah, blah, blah. How'd that work out? Come on. Uh, as for this Thursday night, what is this? Fleegs, do you know anything about this, this flag football game? I, I believe the extent of my knowledge on it, if it is the same thing, is that Jerry asked me, Jerry Recco asked me if I was going to be available. Um, or he said he didn't even ask me because he assumed I was going to be working. Uh, and I said that would be a good assumption. I am, in fact, going to be working. I have SNY till 6.30. And I believe the game starts at, Six or something like that. So I'm not going. But uh, other than that, I don't know if Recco's running the thing or who's running it or what charity it's for. But no, I will not be there. These things got to be more like I needed a little bit more of a heads up for it. And potentially I could have taken off. But I'm also, to be honest with you, I don't want to go to Jersey on my off day to play flag football. I mean, maybe to go hang out for an appearance, sure. Not to go play flag football. Those days are behind me. Ben is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Ben? Hey, what's up, Sal? How are you, Ben? Uh, good. Many time, long time, um, which means I've called and spoken to you a bunch. Um, obviously, you don't remember. Uh, you speak to dozens of fans every day. So, yeah, I find it kind of bizarre when callers expect you to remember them or previous conversations with them. Well, sometimes I do. Like, Certain things stick out. But, yeah, I mean, when you're buzzing through a bunch of phone calls, if somebody's not calling every day as a regular, it's hard yeah. to remember. Yeah, I, it, it's like I get it's significant for you to be on the air, but why would I remember any details of a conversation? Well, but like but, I said, uh, some of them, some of them do. We, uh, you know, there's yeah, certain things, yeah, depending on the conversation and all that stuff. But anyway, for sure, for sure. Um, anyway, I'm calling in um, because I really liked what you said about the Mets, um, as it gave me a little bit of hope. Um, when you said this is a, a restart to their season, um, I'm a diehard Mets fan. Grew up watching A Year to Remember on VHS. Oh, it, man. 
You know, yeah. you must know that I love that. You come on, that's that's my thing, Ben. You know, from listening yeah, yeah. eighty six, you to remember is my thing. I mean, I'm thirty nine, so I was I was two mm. when uh, when they last won it. But um, so I've been waiting, you know, my whole life, and um, almost every season I watch probably every minute of every game, like the first thirty to forty games. And um, I have a confession to make. Mm -hmm. So this is like the first year I've watched probably eight, maybe ten games. And I'm just so sick of every year. There is so much hype, so much potential. We usually start off hot, you know, last year, like 1914, um, you know, previous years. I've just been through so much disappointment. My heart has been... uh, Right, but now's not the time, Ben, to be given up on the team. I mean, they're That's actually good. Saying. That's what I'm saying. So, so when you said this is a restart to their season, I was like, yes, okay, all right, yeah, we we got you know, um, I'm in it again. So, but they're um, also like they're also 16 and 13. It's not you know, there's not the the we've seen a, a lot worse Ben. E- even though I do believe it's kind of a reset, they held their own through the first month. They're only three and a half games behind Atlanta. Not that you need to look at the standings at this point in the year, but the Mets haven't even had anything going for them. You know, Alonzo's been hitting with a, a bunch of power, but really outside of that, you know, the the lineup's been okay at best. Their starting pitching has been ravaged. They lost their closer to start the year. And they're still right there with Atlanta, who everybody thinks is one of the best teams in baseball. So wait till Ver, uh, Verlander and Scherzer go in the rotation back to back together, which we're going to see call. these next two they days. They could be a lot worse. Yeah, they, they could. You're right. Yeah, they uh, held their uh, heads above water, and you know actually have been doing pretty well uh, despite all the injuries. Yeah, so, you can't give. Yeah. Up. You can't. Come on, man. You got to watch the team. Okay. Thank you. For, oh, sorry. Thought we were done there. Thank you for the call. Got to take a break anyway. Thank you for the call. You get back to us. Now, I'll remember you for sure now because you referenced the 86 year to remember. And you gave up on the team the first month of the year. My point was not even about how they've played so far through the first month of the year, but more so where they're at as an organization, as a franchise. Now is the time to be a Mets fan and enjoy it. Where they got the richest owner in the sport, highest payroll in the sport. Uh, coming off a 101-win season. The expectation is playoffs again. Now's not the time to be going away from the Mets. 877-337-6666. We'll continue with your calls on the other side. Knicks, big win, even up that series. Back to Miami, game three, Saturday, 3.30. Oh, man, and I can't wait for tip-off. I mean, again... I got to figure out what's going on in my brother-in-law's house. But, oh man, between that and then I got a, a, a lawn issue, it's just it's just always something. It's the off-the-field issues that are driving me nuts these days. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Baseball is back. 
And the push for the postseason is on for hockey and hoops. Make it all count this spring with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the best wagering app around with a direct line to experience bookmakers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Gambler, 877-337-6666. Been talking lots of Knicks, a little Mets. We didn't really do any Yankees. And we'll save that for tomorrow when we don't have any Knicks or Rangers to react to. Yesterday we did all Rangers. Tonight we did all Knicks. That's the way it should be. Sprinkle in a little baseball here or there if you want. Uh, obviously we did some of that with the Yankees last night um, with their awful loss with Aaron Boone and all that stuff. But yeah, man, Yankees got some major problems, and the Mets are about to kind of restart their season here. Maybe the Yankees can do that when they start to get these guys healthy, but even Rodone taking a step back. Oh, man. I mean, it's just one. Uh, things are going from bad to worse for the Yankees, it seems, every night. At least they were able to get uh, a win yesterday. And what else is new? They win a game that Garrett Cole starts. So they're fortunate. They were down in that game. But they will come back. Volpe with a big home run. Willie Calhoun. Willie Calhoun. Do you believe in miracles? Anyway, Yanks get a win. Be back at it again tomorrow night. We'll talk more baseball tomorrow night. 877-337-6666. Hector is calling from Washington Heights. What's up, Hector? Sorry, what's up, man? How are you, Hector? I'm good. I got to be honest. I'm not sure if I'm really liking the schedule that much anymore for you. Now, why too is hard. that? Tell me. Too hard to get through, man. Too hard to get through. I was so upset yesterday. I wanted to get through so bad. <laughs> but, the, the, the phones were loaded with Ranger fans yesterday. I know. I know. I get it. I, that was terrible. I thought, but, you know, what are you going to do? Is, what it are really, you gonna... is it really that harder? Uh, that much harder to get through, even at these hours, like 12 to 2? Yeah, it was for me last night, man. And I was tired, too, so I gave up after a while. And I was like, you know what? I love Sal, but I love to sleep a little bit more. Yeah, no, but I get you. All right. <laughs> yeah, well now, well, now you know why I, I like doing the evenings. I love doing the overnights, but I love sleep a little bit more. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Yeah. You know, I like this for you, too. Trust me. I mean, I, I, I want better for you. Prime time. Ah, I know. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right. But I do want to touch on the Knicks, but for, I mean, on the Mets a little bit. Just a little bit, if you allow me. But let's do this on next thing. The first thing is, I'll be honest, I, I wasn't able to watch the entire game. I watched a little bit of the first. Then I had to do something and whatever. Um, but I heard you talking about Carmelo and, and, and the, the ovation he got. And it's the big boundaries. Like you say, Sal, I mean, they're loud, they're young. You know what I mean? And it's just something I was talking about before the season started. You know, you hear them telling people you can't root and you can't do this. And I'm like, dude, listen, if your highlight of being a Knicks fan or, or if you became a Knicks fan during the Carmelo years, you have no right to tell anyone who's been watching this team from the 90s, before the 90s, if you're older than me. Like, if you didn't watch Rory Sparrow and Gerald Wilkins and Kenny, like, you ain't, don't tell me nothing, man. Like, right. you ain't been through, you haven't been through anything, but... If you don't, you're exactly right. Now, look, there, and not everybody's going to be, you know, the the old fans that can relate. You know, I I don't go back beyond the early '90s, so people look at me like, oh, well, what do you know? But I lived through the '90s, which is one of the great periods of this franchise history. I know it wasn't a championship like the '70s with '73, of course, and before that, but 
You you look at what this team did in the nineties. You know, the, there should be an appreciation for it, and I don't think the Bing Bongers get it. Now, I'll give the Bing Bongers credit that they stick with a team that's been crappy for twenty years. I don't know if I would have had that in me, and I think that's a big reason why you saw a lot of Heat fans at the Garden in Game One when I was there on Sunday because the Knicks were so bad. So even if you're from here, maybe you follow LeBron or whatever. But anyway, these Bing Bongers, they're out of their mind, Hector Love and Carmelo Anthony, as much as they do. Yeah, and uh, it, it drives me nuts, especially because I, I, I was so frustrated by the Carmelo years. To me, like, that was whatever. I don't even want to talk about that too much. Right. But as far as this series and the games and the little bit I did watch, I, I don't know if I feel too confident, man. Um, you know, I, I saw a little bit of the game, like I said. I look at the box score, and can I count on the, th- on the Knicks making these amount of threes? Um, can I count on Buster making six? You know, no. Barrett, like you said, making five threes. I'd rather have Barrett score 25, 26 points the way he did in game one than the way he did today. Like, I can count more on game one than right. I did today. But, and, you know, what I have to be worried about this series, and listen, I know. The big thing is they won the game. You go to Miami 1-1, of course, you take the win. Hector, shut up. Why are you complaining about it? I get it. Also, I understand you shoot the open shot and they're getting the open three. I also was worried about Spolster coming in here and him out coaching Tibbs. And I think we're seeing that. I think it's too too lazy to say, well, they get in the open three, you gotta hit you gotta hit it. Of course. We know it's a make and miss league. I get all of that. But also, you don't have that kind of team. You gotta figure out a way to be able to score still without making threes. And I'm not sure that Tibbs can really figure that out. Like to get guys up on the break a little bit more. To, yeah, to, the, the offense you just know, you doesn't... You get out and be able to get the defense moving and bring it back in. It's not, know? it's not give it, you know, give the ball to the big fella in the low post. It's not move the ball around the perimeter the way the Heat do oh. and find an open three. They're, that's they're, what they want you to do, Stout. They're telling you, shoot the three. It's not like you're working for this three and now we get the open right. three. No, 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 no. The Heat is saying, go ahead, we dare you to shoot the three. Right, because you don't that's have anybody that can shoot it, right? You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I really worry about that. And I worry about the fact that this game was so close without Butler. Because I do think Butler will come back. I did see at the end of the game, and he's there. He's, you know, waving at the crowd like, yeah, let me hear me, whatever. He'll be back, and, and he's going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem. Yeah. I'm nervous, too. Uh, going into the series, Nick fans are like, oh, we got Miami. You know, they didn't want Milwaukee. We got Miami. We're going to beat him. I thought the Heat were going to win the series. But then I oh, watched. Oh, no, no, I, I really, I'm just telling you how I felt. Not that I would root for that ever. But I, I really felt like the Heat were going to win the series. Then I watched in game one. I said, you know what? The Heat aren't that good. They were lucky to win this game, and Brunson did nothing. I have to expect Brunson's going to be better. Randall's going to come back at some point. And even, you know, with, with Butler there, I still think the Knicks are a better team. And while I expect this series to go long, I just feel like the Knicks are the better team and, and will ultimately win this series. No, no, absolutely. But the key is the, the guy you mentioned. Again, Brunson, obviously, Brunson, you know, mm. he's making the team go right now. But we need Randall to be Randall. We're going to need Randall to have one or two of those games that we've seen him have when he approaches 40 points or, you know, or even eclipses that. What are you I doing What are you doing for the game Saturday? Are you, are you inviting me to the game? So I don't make me get too happy. No, I, no, not, the game's in yeah, Miami. You know, you want to come to my brother. I'm, I'm going to my brother-in-law's house. You want to come to my brother-in-law's house and watch the game? Want to babysit while I try to watch the games? Babysit <laughs> watch the game? Sure, I'm coming to have me. I mean, sure? no. Well, you have to tell me to invite me to your brother. I met your brother-in-law, didn't I? It would be the, yeah, you did, I, I believe it, that game where we all went to. Yeah, a nice guy. Well, yeah, cool. Yes, cool. I would love to, heck yeah. 
Yeah, he's, he's a nut just like me. I remember. No, the the problem is the. Did you meet my brother-in-law? Oh no, you met one. Maybe you met the other one. I don't know. You might have met both of them. Anyway, this is my wife's brother. Who's we got? Yeah, yeah, he was at the game, wasn't he? Yeah, we got. He the got the the picnic area. Yeah, we got the twin. They got their their twins' birthday party Saturday afternoon. So I mean, I'm gonna oh. be. I'm <laughs> watching no games. No, no, no. It's a problem. I'm gonna have it. What do you mean? I'm watching the game. I'm I'm watching the game. Otherwise, I'm not going. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get him on on Thursday or Friday and and make sure that that setup is ready to go before I set foot in that house because I am not oh. missing a second You're of the next evening. R-rated Hector to watch a game to a G-rated party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't even. What do you, no, I don't even want to go. What are you kidding me? I'm just curious. I, I'm envious. What were your plans? Uh, that would be a game ideally if we didn't have this party to go yes, to. Yes, that's what I thought you were going to say. Let's have a, a you know, you know, one of our little outings where we went. Yeah, they, it doesn't line up. It. it doesn't line up like that because I don't think the Knicks play on a weekend outside of tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Sure. What, what do I mean? What do I mean tomorrow? I meant Saturday. Outside of Saturday, it goes Saturday. Then Monday is Game Four, right? Wednesday is Game Five. Yes, I believe so. And, and then, then Friday, Friday think, Game Six. That is, yeah, every other day after. And that, then so. Monday, I think, is Game Seven, which sucks. So I don't right. know why that Game Seven shouldn't have been on. It should have been on the weekend. Sunday night would have been nice. Yeah, right. That I could have uh, could have swung a weekend watch party. But anyway. Maybe the next well, hopefully round. Hopefully, we'll make it to the next round, and, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll do it then, I, I hope. But can I say something on the mess real quick, Sal? It's got to be quick because um, I'm late to the update. Go ahead. Listen, looking forward to, to, to this next month coming up, and hopefully they do what we think we, we think and always hope when they're facing, you know, less than teams with these next 13 games because then it gets a little bit tougher. Um, but, you know, you go up and down with the season. The first month was a little bit of a roller coaster. You see my reactions. I go nuts. But you got to feel good. 16-13 without... Four-fifths of your starters for most of the month. Man, I, I, I'm looking forward to the, to, the, to the rest of the season. Really yeah, and, and this I is still, kind of know, a, still, it's a new star. I'm about Eppler and the, and the adjustments, but we'll see. Nah, nah, nah. Save, save that. Yeah. And thank you for the call, Hector. You can check Hector's blunt thoughts out as he uh, always tweets the videos. Um, hey, check him out at uh, Hector in Washington Heights, I think, uh, is his Twitter handle. I don't know. Whatever. You could, you could find him on there. But he gives some funny thoughts, uh, some blunt thoughts about the Mets games as he's a, a nut job. Um, but the Mets will be, they'll be fine. Now, I mean, how good are they going to be? How deep will they go? Who knows? But this is kind of a, a restart to their season that has already started now with getting Scherzer and Verlander back in that rotation for the first time all year. The way that they drew it up in the offseason. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.